Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Sandy Springs. The Lord says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in their midst. Well, we are gathered in his name. He is here and we are ready to stand and let's worship the Lord this morning as we stand and sing together.
Jason Meeks come and sing for us this morning. He's been with us at, uh, several times, and um, so we would just want to welcome him again. He um, works over at uh, Emory, and he also works with uh, downstairs with Chris and Tony, and he's one of the voice teachers down there, one of the musicians down there, good friends of ours. And so, Jason, we welcome you this morning. Thank you.
you were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, then someone called your name. You turned and saw this young man, he was smiling as he came. And he said, friend, you may not know me now. Then he said, but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only Every week you would say a prayer Before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart Thank you for giving to the Lord I am a life that was changed Another man stood before you and said, remember the time a missionary came to your church whose pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. And Jesus took that gift you gave, and that's why I'm here today. Forgiving to the Lord I am a life that was changed Thank you for giving to the Lord I am so glad you One by one they came far as the eye could see each life somehow touched by your generosity little things that you had done sacrifices made unnoticed on the earth in heaven now proclaimed and I know up in heaven you're not supposed to cry but I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord he said my child look around you great is your reward thank you for giving to the Lord I am a life that was changed thank you for giving 
Jason, thank you so much. Couldn't have picked a better song, I'm a Life That Was Changed, and that's the direction we're going today. How about that? Um, I'm beginning a series on change, on transformation, on becoming Christ-like, which should be our goal. This idea came to me for the series last week when we looked at Paul and Silas in jail. They were beaten, um, they were jailed for healing someone, a demon-possessed lady, and they were beaten for doing it and jailed and placed in stocks in an inner dungeon. And we looked at their story in Acts chapter 16, uh, midnight, which some of you stayed up till last night watching the Georgia Bulldogs. It's past my bedtime, but it was midnight. And in Acts 16, 25, it says this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and other prisoners were listening. The point was made last week that the sermon title was Praise God Anyway. That that's what they were doing. Regardless of circumstances, they were praising God. And they did it because they had a new nature. They were indeed changed. Praise and thanksgiving had become their new default position, if you will. Um, and when we talked about that and had several people respond, I think all of us are interested in a new nature, being better than we were, being better than we are, continually to changing and being transformed the way Christ wants us to be. We look at parts of our lives and we really want to change. And if that's the case, you've come to the right place. That's what God does. He's in the changing business. In Scripture, there's so many examples in both the Old and the New Testaments, and that's why this is going to be a series because we'd be here all day if I used all the notes that I have in talking about this phenomenon that occurs in our life, and sometimes instantaneously, and sometimes it's a long, drawn-out process of God working in our lives and changing us. So in Scripture, there are a lot of examples. In life, there are a lot of examples about people changing, really changing because of the power of Christ in them. And there's so many examples I can use. One of my favorites from Indiana, a man that cussed like a sailor until he came to Christ. Then his language changed. 
all aspects of our lives can change. There's so much scripture to look at, but we're going to begin our journey at 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Everything has become new. Let's pray. Lord, help us to focus when we talk about that newness and not look left or right or at other lives around us, but our own. What parts of us need to be made new? It's our prayer that all of us are in Christ, that all of us know you as our Lord and Savior. And Father, that we all give more of ourselves to you and that we decrease and you increase. So Father, help us in being created again. In the old passing away and letting us drop it and seeing everything become new. In Jesus' name, amen. It's fun to watch the change, the transformation occur. Warriors become at peace. Our thieves becoming generous or adulterers becoming faithful or haters becoming lovers. And there's so many examples. And we'll look at much in the next many weeks. And I hope you'll be with us. But I want to begin with an Old Testament lesson uh, which I kind of thought was a little odd place to begin, but I think it's a perfect story for how God can change us from point A to point B. It's Ezekiel chapter 37. And we don't go to Ezekiel very much, but if you know much about the book of Ezekiel, you likely know this story. And if you don't know the story, you likely knew a song you sang as a child about the story. Ezekiel 37, beginning at verse 1. Ezekiel says, The Lord took hold of me. I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones and covered the valley flo- that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Has the song hit your head yet? Dim bones, dim bones. There they are. So this is what Ezekiel sees. And then he asked me, Ezekiel says of the Lord, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. That is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath in you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. 
They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones, all hope is gone, our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'll open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I'll put my spirit in you. You will live again and return home to your own land. And then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I've done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14. A little history here. Israel was in shambles at this time that Ezekiel lived. It's the 6th century B.C. In the year 587, Israel was invaded by the Babylonians led by King Nebuchadnezzar. You remember him. And the children of Israel are taken captive. And before this, they'd been raided by the Assyrians. And it's bad. Many of the towns were destroyed. The nation was in ruins. The people are in exile, and honestly, they deserved it. They asked for it. God warned them, and they did not heed his warning. They turned on God. They've not repented. And now in their situation, they've given up hope. And that's the mess. And Ezekiel has an encounter with God. And God is about to show Ezekiel something we all need to know. There is always hope. There is always hope. Of all places, God shows Ezekiel a valley filled with bones. Dead, dried out bones. Beyond help and beyond hope, you would think. 2,600 years later, with all our technology and medical knowledge... We could still do nothing with a valley of dry bones. God asked Ezekiel a question. Can all these bones become living people again? Now, if I'd have been there, I'd have assessed the situation and probably likely said, nope, can't happen. But what God is really asking in the story is, is there any hope? And Ezekiel answers wisely. The correct answer seems to be no way, but God is in the equation. God is in the equation. And we have to remember that over these next several weeks as we look at change. And we have to remember that every day in our lives, that God is in the equation. If you've given up on something or someone, remember God is in the equation. Back to the valley of dry bones. God tells Ezekiel to preach to the bones. <laughs> That's an interesting congregation. Um, I don't know what song you would sing when you did the praise team for the dry bones. Maybe I ain't got nobody. I've had time to think about that. Sorry. <laughs> and so Ezekiel is obedient, and he begins to preach and speak. And I hope there's video of this in heaven one day. All of a sudden, a noise begins to occur. And we're told suddenly there's a noise, a rattling across the valley. 
We are told the bones of each body came together, attached themselves as complete skeletons. You learn, you know, the hip bones connect. Remember that? That's where it came from. Ezekiel says, as I watched muscles and flesh formed over the bones and then skin formed to cover the bodies, but they still had no breath in them. It's a horror film in reverse. Remember Indiana Jones when they melted? It's the opposite. Not from flesh to skeleton, but from skeleton to flesh. And Hollywood hasn't even thought about that one. The bones formed skeletons. The skeletons filled out with flesh and muscle and skin. And yet they were still dead. A congregation of corpses. Quite the congregation. But Ezekiel still speaks. And they all came to life. They stood up on their feet. A great army. The point of the story is found in the last few verses, beginning at verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. And I told you their situation. They'd abandoned God. They were in captivity. They'd given up hope. Exiled now, their prisoners scattered. They're saying we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says to my people. I'll open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. God's telling Israel, I'm not done with you. It might look bad now, but I can fix this. Messages we all need in our lives. It might look bad now, but I can fix this. When this happened, verse 13, oh, my people, you'll know that I am the Lord. I'll put my spirit in you. You'll live again and return to your own land. Then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Knowing the history, did this happen? Did Israel rebound? Yeah, they did. It happened absolutely as God said. What happened in this valley and in this vision gives me hope. And I think it's a sign to us when we ask, is there hope and can change happen? Can change happen? Yes, it can. We can be dried out and without hope. And then we can be made whole. We can be lifeless and God can give us breath. That's what he does. Jesus gives us new life. Let's go back where we started, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away, the dry bones, and everything has become new. It's the horror story in reverse. It happened in that valley and it still happens today. The question becomes, what part of us needs to be made new? We know we're not perfect, and God continues to work in our life and renew us and make us new in areas that, well, we need to change. Ever had a problem with doubt? Ever had a problem with worry? Ever had a problem with a particular sin? Whatever those things are in our lives, God can make us new. One day in the New Testament, 
a man named Nicodemus, you remember him likely, came to Jesus. Nicodemus was a religious leader of the Jews, a Pharisee. But unlike the others, he wasn't against Jesus. He was attracted to him. He was curious, impressed. Nicodemus had either heard the teaching of Jesus firsthand or he'd heard about it. He'd heard of Jesus' miracles or maybe he'd seen some or experienced one. We don't know. But he has a question for Jesus. and We find their encounter in John 3 verses 1 and 2. It says, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus, probably because he didn't want to be seen because it really didn't mix here. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So again, he's seen something. He's heard about teaching. He's heard about miracles. It seems that we're about to get a new convert. Today we would call Nicodemus a seeker. And this is Jesus' response to Nicodemus. I'm going to try to tie this together about newness and a new you and a new me. In John 3, 3, Jesus said this to the seeker Nicodemus. Jesus replied, I'll tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. We hear that word born again a lot, don't we? Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he needed a new life. That there needs to be a new you. And that's the same thing he says to me and you every day. That you need to be born again and you need to be transformed You need a fresh start. It's what we all need. To have a new you, you must begin with coming to God. Real change cannot happen unless God is in the equation. We have to believe in God. And if we do, and the next step is we have to trust him in all situations we find ourselves in. We saw in Ezekiel that God can do anything. We saw in 2 Corinthians that the old can pass away and everything can become new. We saw in John 3 that we need God to be made new. I don't know what it is that you need to change to be made new, but I know that God can do it if you let him. I know he can. All sorts of questions come to our mind then. David, you don't know what I've done. God does. David, you don't know where I've been. God does. I've been hurt. Not by God, by man you have, not by God. God won't let you down. Over the years, and we're going to look at stories over the next several weeks, I've seen some amazing things happen with marriages that were hopeless or with lives that were dying or with churches that were dying. And I've seen God reach and touch and give skin and muscle and put everything back together and breathe into it. You ever given up on someone? You ever done that? I remember as a child, youth, giving up on some people and thinking, well, I'll just wash my hands of them. 
I'm not looking at you. I didn't know you, Jason. It wasn't you, I promise. It wasn't Jason. <laughs> and just washing my hands of them. And you know what God told me? Pray. Pray for them. Pray about them. And as I was doing that, I know people were praying for me and about me. God is in the changing business. And we're all examples of that. And we'll all continue to be as his, he has his way in our lives. As he makes us new. Let's pray together. Father, help us to believe with all of our heart that you can make us new. Help us to never settle. Forgive us when we do because we have. But help us to expect more because you can do all things in our lives. Father, thank you for caring enough for us to put all this truth in your word. And help us to know the truth and help us to help it to set us free from the old ways of thinking. Lord, we love you. We thank you for calling us into your house today. Not a coincidence that we are here, but an answer to your divine call. We pray that you'd be with us in these weeks ahead as we look at that transformation that happens in lives turned to Christ. Help us to do just that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you this week as you let God make a new you.